Well, my first guest this morning will next month be receiving the Presidential Award from President Michael D. Higgins at Oris and Uchtron in recognition of their work on sepsis. Founders of the Roy Foundation for Sepsis Prevention, Kieran and Orla Staunton strive to raise awareness of the condition that led to the death of their 12-year-old son, Rory, in 2012. Known as the silent killer, it's a condition which also kills thousands of people in Ireland every year. And to tell us more about it, and their work in the area. I'm now joined from New York, where they've lived for decades by Kieran and Orla Staunton. Good morning to you both. Thanks so much for getting up at the crack of dawn to speak to us. Good morning, Miriam. Thank you very much for having us on. Thank oh, you. I'm it's, delighted. Listen, it's only 5 a.m. Oh, great. <laughs> Look, before we talk about the wonderful work you've done with the Rory Foundation, tell me first, just for my listeners, a little about yourselves, where you're both from and how you ended up in America. Um, Well, I'm from Drogheda, County Loud, originally born in Tipperary, and um, I um, was working for a semi-state, came over here um, on a vacation, and the following year decided to come back to live. Um, My brother was living over here, Neil O'Dad, so um, I really came over to to stay with him, and um, then obviously um, met Kieran Staunton, and... um, (laughs) Still here. Downhill, downhill after that. <laughs> where are you? Where are you from, Kieran? County Mayo, born in a little area called Lewisburg, right out on the Atlantic, Beautiful. just looking out, l- looking out at Long Island, as we used to say, if you have good eyesight. And uh, came here over forty years ago, and I've worked in every job from an undertaker to a carpenter to, a, to advertising to public relations and the restaurant business. And uh, we thought we had everything going with two beautiful children. We had a house in Queens and um, that's until we had to get a house to bring our son to the airport. OK, so let's talk about beautiful Rory. Tell me about your son, Rory, what he was like. He was in a gorgeous boy, wasn't he? Rory Staunton was a fine young man. He was five foot nine when he died. He was 11 stone. He died tragically on the first of April, twenty twelve. But he was a he was um, he was a child no one ever forgot. He was very interested in life. He had uh, lots of questions on international politics, science, and technology. He captained the school team debate. He had written to the president of North Korea as an eleven year old. We only found this letter in the computer after he died. Uh, raising questions about why he had so much money for armaments and yet his people were dying of hunger. Uh, he was a natural leader. He was definitely, he would be involved in politics today or human rights or something along those lines because he always wanted this better place. He could not accept status quo when, when there was injustice or anything like that. He, he was just an, an absolutely wonder, a wonderful young man. And he loved the GIA, didn't he, Orla? <laughs> Uh, he did. He loved. Um, he he actually was a big male supporter. Um, <laughs> um, he did. He he was. Um, you know, he was just. He was just a great kid. What can I say? He was. Um, you know, he he was kind. He was funny. He had great friends. He liked to skateboard and ride his bike. Um, and he especially loved airplanes. And he had a flight simulator that he would sit on for hours and. Um, he would fly all over the world in it and had several crashes on the simulator as well. But he was just he was just a great kid, great brother to his sister, Kathleen. Um, you know, he was just a, a really good kid, really good kid. 
And Kieran, take me. So he just had a little accident in school one day, didn't he? What happened? Take me through that. Well, I'll just go back to mention here. We couldn't mention the fact that Rory was in Crow Park many, many times for Mayo coming in second in the All Ireland. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he he saw he saw all of those, and each time we we went there, we said this could be the one, this could be the one, and uh, it it wasn't the one, unfortunately. And um, it's 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 shocking when people can know that that on one Tuesday evening. I brought this young man out for pizza and the question was, what type of pizza do you want? And a week later, we were in a funeral home where they were asking, what, what kind of coffin do you want? And OK, Orla, tell me about yes. the day he came home from school. What happened to him? Sure. Um, well, he um, he came home and he had like two band-aids, two plasters on his elbow. And he said that he had been playing basketball in uh, in the school and that he had fallen and the gym teacher had, uh, you know, put the plasters on on his arm. Um, so what we know is he did fall and um, they didn't wash the wound, they didn't send him to the nurse. And um, so uh, when he came home with plasters, um, you know, we were like, oh, fine, you know, that's great. And he was delighted. He said, I got the ball. And, um, and then... Uh, he did some homework, he had some pizza, and then um, just a little after midnight, um, he, um, we heard him up and he was, um, he was throwing up. And I went into him and he was saying, it's my leg, mom, my leg. And um, so I brought him back to bed and then he fell asleep. Um, and then the next morning, which would have been Thursday, he began, uh, you know, he, he got up and uh, he was, he had a fever. He had a very high fever of 104. And he had never had that before. No matter what I gave him, it uh, the fever wouldn't wouldn't go. Um, so we began calling his pediatrician, and um, that evening she saw him. Um, and by that time, he was leaning on us as we were bringing him into the um, into the office. So she proceeded to um, you know to to take his his. Um, take his pulse and his blood pressure and um, I kept asking her was everything okay and she said yes and he was shivering at that at that time so then she said um, uh, you know we asked her why his his leg was so sore and she said oh that was from the fall playing basketball Now he was very very lucid at the time and he was like no that's not from the from the fall um, you know I had a pain and his stomach was very tender he had abdominal pain and anyway um she diagnosed him with having gastric flu and um, I asked her several times, was he okay? And she said, yes, yes, yes. We just need to get him some fluids. And, um, you know, I, I've seen this in so many kids in the last week and, um, you know, this is what he has and go to the emergency room and they will rehydrate him. Um, so we brought him to the emergency room and, and they concurred with the diagnosis of the pediatrician. Um, they took they took blood and afterwards we 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 know now that they didn't read the blood results um, and they even like before they discharged him basically and um, about twelve minutes and it was twelve minutes before he was discharged um, his vital signs were taken and they had actually deteriorated but they didn't tell us this they just discharged him uh, with a prescription for for flu. So that was Thursday and um, we brought him home again and he slept very deeply that night and the following morning 
um, he just wasn't himself. And we, you know, Rory liked his <clears throat> can of Coke and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, we tried to get, get fluids into him, which is we began calling our doctor and that's what she told us to do, get fluids in. And then we ended up saying to the doctor, listen, you're not hearing us. He's not responding to this. So she said, bring him back into the hospital. And that was that night at about seven o'clock, eight o'clock. And we went back in and, um, you know, it was just like a scene from ER. They came running from everywhere and um, they brought him immediately to the ICU. And they told us he was deadly ill and that he had um, he had an infection. And um, they, um, you know, they they began, I mean, they were fantastic. The nurses were really fabulous. But no matter, you know, all the prayers, all the love, all the help, he actually died on Sunday evening. Um, and um, and that was it. Our lives just changed forever. Changed forever. And Kieran, it is part of the problem, the fact that sepsis, it doesn't have any particular signs or symptoms. And they are very similar to flu, aren't they? Well, sepsis is something that is very easy to detect if you're looking out for it. So it's not enough to say, well, we might mix it up or complicate it with something else. The signs of sepsis, and it's one of the first things we got to do, because when when you go into an emergency ward or a hospital, they don't confuse other areas because they're looking for, if you have pains in your chest, they're looking for a heart attack, if you have other areas. And one of the reasons we have saved so many people in New York and other areas, because we have made them aware, and it's, they now must rule out sepsis. So it's it's not easy enough to, it is easy enough to say, well, it could be complicated complicated other mm. maybe area. No, sepsis is very easy to detect if you're looking for it. And that's what we have to kind of get out there. In our regulations in New York, we have saved in four years over 16,000 New York lives just because they had to look for it and they had to rule it out and rule it in. And if they ruled it in, they're saving lives. So that's what it's down to. And that's so interesting, Kieran And Orla, because no one from the time your Rory first became ill, no one had mentioned sepsis to you, had they? No, not a word. Um, they, um, they, nobody said anything. We actually found it out ourselves um, a couple of weeks after uh, he died. We spoke with someone in actually New York State Department of Health who said that he passed away from sepsis and um, gave us the impression that he wasn't treated very well in, you know, in our discussions with him. And then we looked it up. We could find very little on sepsis. There was nothing. And um, we, um, looked up the CDC website, nothing. Um, and uh, then we delved in deeper and we saw that at that time, uh, 270,000 Americans were um, getting sepsis every year. And, um, you know, there was, uh, there was a huge number of them, actually. Uh, right now, um, 350,000 Americans get sepsis every year. And, uh, you know, the... Die from us. Well, actually die from it, sorry, 1.2 million or more get it and 350,000 die from it. But going back to Rory, um, no, nobody mentioned sepsis at all to us, not a word. We didn't know what it was. Our friends knew what it was. I mean, nobody knew what it was. And yeah, I find it incredible. I mean, it's the biggest killer of children in the world. And, you know, I don't even know that much about it. What is sepsis, Kieran? Well, uh, before you go back to saying that you did, didn't know much about it. Don't don't feel too guilty because when Rory died here, seventy percent of Americans hadn't heard about it. Mm. 
And even when we launched a number of sepsis initiatives in Ireland with the then Minister for, for Health, and we had the same thing as people had not heard about sepsis, were not aware of it. And unlike us, our son was dead for, for so many days. And I think one of the things we were trying to do is to make sure that A, you're aware of the word, and B, you're aware of the sign. And it shouldn't be just left up to the parents, but it's also people. And one of the things we've done here is that the medical professional, when they're renewing their license under Rory Staunton's law, which is another part of it, is they have to train in sepsis. They have to train in looking for it and looking for the signs of it. And then in the emergency ward saying, I mean, just, just off the top of your head, in 10 years, over 2 million Americans have died from sepsis. It's incredible. And the Frankly, thing is, like... If caught early enough, sepsis can be really successfully treated. That is the key thing, isn't it, Orla? Yes, it is. Um, I mean, Rory's death was preventable. So I didn't know what sepsis was. And and as I say, I didn't really know anybody who knew what sepsis was at the time. And um, so now in in layman's language, um, sepsis is if you have to have an infection to get sepsis. But um, it's when um, something goes wrong in your body. And the response to the infection um, actually ends up attacking uh, the immune system. So the body attacks its own organs and tissues. And then slowly you begin to, your, your, your organs break down. And that is why, you know, when, when Rory went to, we brought him to the pediatrician first, he would have survived. He hadn't gone into organ failure. So there's sepsis and then there's sepsis, septic shock. So it is, it is death from sepsis is preventable but it has to be diagnosed and it has to be treated and you know it it's um you read a lot of words septicemia all kinds of stuff it's it's basically how your body responds to an infection not in a good way it attacks its own organs and Karen, also people often think it's because you might have underlying issues or you might get it in hospital as an infection but in fact rory that was none of those things he was this beautiful healthy 12 year old big Young man, wasn't he? Yeah, a lot of people had up until Rory died and until our international campaign started, a lot of people put sepsis down to a hospital-inquired infection, our HAI. And even CDC that looks after Americans from a health point of view had it listed eventually when they did list it as a HAI. Now, almost 80% of the people who die from sepsis had it when they walked into the front in the, into the emergency ward. So it's not that the, it's less than 20% at this stage actually will pick it up in the hospital. So what, what our campaign was that you have to look out for it at the emergency ward when you're going in, the same as they treat you for stroke or heart attack, they look at the symptoms and they say, this must add up to sepsis. And, and that is part of the, the international campaign and the national campaign that we have going is that it has to start at the front door, the same as any other. There shouldn't be a discrimination on it. And it, it works. To, go on, go on, Lorna. Yeah, it's just, it has to happen at the at the emergency room, but it also has to happen within the community. Uh, people need to know, like like you said, you didn't know sepsis. People mm. need to know what it is and just be conscious of it. Um, you know, if 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 your child or if your loved one isn't getting better, and you're and you're worried, well, you need to ask your doctor. Could it be sepsis? 
One of our listeners just texted to say, I attended a talk with Kieran six years ago. A year and a day later, I found myself in Florida on holiday and I recognised my symptoms. I had the courage to ask, could it be sepsis? All because of Rory and the great work that Kieran and Orla do. I mean, in the wake of Rory's tragic death, instead of wallowing in the grief, you both set up the Rory Staunton Foundation. You set up Rory's regulations. Tell me about this great foundation and all you have achieved, which is why you're getting this presidential award. Well, I think this was um, we we went on the television, a national television show. The New York Times carried it, and they carried a couple of pages on us. And someone wrote in a note to us saying, "I saw you on television, and I went to the hospital, and my son is alive today because of you." And Kathleen at the time said, and Kathleen was saying, "It's a pity someone hadn't done that for Rory." And what we did, that every place we went, and this was the maddening part, Miriam, it was as if it hadn't existed. It was as if it was this great secret. We went to see the CDC, a multi-billion dollar building, and they didn't have one piece of paper in their building about sepsis. That's the, the Centre for in- Disease Control, Karen, isn't it? Yes. We, the only paper they had on it was what we brought into it. On the website, on the A to Z, under the letter S, there was nothing for sepsis. Right. So... We went to the United States Senate. We had the very first hearing on sepsis. It was now, it was covered on CNN. We went to the governor here and we said, well, why is it that if we had gone to Michael Dowling's hospitals, as we call them, Northwell Health, where Rory was born, he would be alive today because they had sepsis protocols at the door. They would have saved him, a hospital just up the street. And, and we said, it should... go, on go ahead, I'm sorry. No, and they're the protocols the you brought in. Yeah. Yes, and, and they they have saved 16,000 New Yorkers. So the template is there. We went to Germany. We launched the same initiative in Europe. And I was actually just there where in 10 years, we went back and we gave the, the keynote address at the World Sepsis Day. Those 171 countries have come on board. But it's still New York that is leading the world on sepsis lives, lives being saved. We launched in Ireland, and Ireland's done very worked very hard with the then Minister for Health, Leo Radiker. Um, we were at Beaumont Hospital, Royal College of Surgeons with Professor Carrigan. We were in Limerick, Cork, Castlebar. Vida Hamilton took a, a you know a, a huge lead in at that time, but still and all, people don't know about it. Still and all, parents are buying coffins for their children. They shouldn't. Because the amazing thing is, and I think many people listening today will be shocked by this, that it is one of our biggest killers in this country. It claims more lives here in Ireland than a heart attack, breast cancer or lung cancer. And why is there still, do you think, Orla, a lack of awareness about it? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I think that there's never been a, it's never been a national priority um, it's never been, um, you know, it's only in the last couple of years, um, you know, I think the Hughes family there in Dublin and that are trying to bring attention to it as well. I think there's um, there's just been, you know, no national priority made and it's it's just left there like in, it's left up to the parents to try and figure out why why their children are so, so sick. And, um, you know, the the. The, the bottom line is it's not you can't just attack sepsis even at a hospital level. As I, as I said before, you've got to get into the community and we should be learning. Kids should be learning about sepsis in schools. We learn about 
Ebola. We learn about everything. Mm. Um, we don't learn about the main killer. And and so so actually what we did is we worked with the American Federation of Teachers and we produced a curriculum. And the curriculum is about infection. And it's all, all the more sort of important now because of COVID. So children learn how easy it is and, and in a fun way with games, you know, how you spread germs and all that. And then as they as they get into fourth and fifth grade, they learn about the signs of, of infection. And then, you know, before they leave school, they learn how to be a good advocate and how to, um, you know, advocate for sepsis. So we bring it into the community. We have it in the hospitals here in New York, and we have a, a parents' bill of rights as well in the hospital because that night when we had Rory there, they didn't communicate with us at all. And, you know, we were trying to make all kinds of eyes to them, you know, sort of, is he okay? Is he not okay? So now we brought it in that they must communicate uh, with the parent and must say what their diagnosis is. But it, it really is. There's no national policy. Which is wonderful. Um, just bringing some reaction from our listeners. Geraldine says, I was saved in Navin Hospital by a team that were thankfully trained in sepsis. I owe them my life. And another says, God bless Kieran and Orla and fair play to them for making this known. I'm a survivor of sepsis, but I was on life support in hospital for over a year. I ended up with gangrene, but thank God I survived. Look, Kieran. This award from President Michael D. Higgins you're getting on December the 8th, I'm sure it's bittersweet for you both. But what does it mean to you to be getting this award, to both of you, Kieran? Well, we're deeply honoured to accept this presidential award in memory of our son and in recognition, I suppose, of our family's life-saving work to sepsis. Mm. It's Roy's legacy. Roy will be mentioned on the night. Roy will be talked about and he is, is any coverage it's got. I mean, the, the thing to remember is Roy should not have died. Mm-hmm. We'll work tirelessly to advocate for changes and press ahead with awareness. We have created a U.S. movement, an international movement. But the 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 the, the thing about Miriam is, and I think this is very important, is we're not waiting for a cure for sepsis. We know the cure. Mm-hmm. What we're waiting for is leadership. Leadership is what's costing us here. And Orla, final question to you as well. As you get this award, does does the pain of losing your Rory ever get any easier? Um, no, <laughs> it never gets any easier. Um, I mean, it's been 10 years now and um, it hasn't it hasn't eased. Um, I mean, they say that, you know, grief is love and it is. I mean, you know, every moment of every day I, I think of him. Um, I see all the, um, you know, the occasions he misses and, um, you know, it. It's it's just there forever. You build your life around it. I think people who have been through this will tell you that. But you never, never, never. It's still the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning if you can get to sleep the night before. Um, so um, you know, it's um, he's he's my little boy, you know, and um, and he shouldn't have died. Well, look, Karen and. Go on, Karen. you wanted to say something? No, I was going to say the, the many tragic times of 10 years later, we will arrive for to meet President Higgins and the first thing we do is we take a trip up to Drogheda where we talk to our son. He's yeah. buried in Drogheda. And that's, that's our right. first stop. And that's where we go to talk to Rory. And that's where we buried our little boy. And that's where he'll always be our boy. And his sister will be graduating college. He won't be there for it. We have people coming for Thanksgiving. There'll be one chair at the table that'll be empty. Yeah. And for all anniversaries, all events, all everything, there is one person missing, the light of our lives. Oh, well, the, 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 
Karen and Orla Stunt and I was privileged to interview you many years ago and, and you, the fact that you're continuing your brilliant work and getting this award, it's just wonderful. And thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me this morning. Miriam, thank, thank you, you so Karen. much. And thank you for keeping this highlighted because otherwise it will be a secret. Oh, mind yourselves. Take care. We'll take Go. a break.